about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. grateful to have the opportunity to come and share with you this morning. It's fallen to me to sum up the uh, last of this Advent season when we celebrate the coming of the Saviour. And I'd like to do this this morning with the three short episodes we heard from Luke's Gospel and the simple command of the angels, do not be afraid. This Christmas has seen has had to contend with the usual cacophony of consumption, but lately also the growing institution of opposition to anything that's Christian. There's surely no time like the present to heed the angel's call. Do not be afraid, said the angel to Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. In the first story, we meet Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah had a sanctified past, He and his fathers had served the Lord in the temple for generations and his wife is from the line of Aaron that stretches back to the wonders of the Exodus. He is righteous and blameless in God's sight and therefore Zechariah enjoys a blessed present. It's his right to rejoice with the psalmist who sings, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Yet despite his proud heritage, his holy present, Zechariah has no future. His wife, Elizabeth, is barren. And so even amidst a life so obviously blessed, there's a gap, a hole, a shame. Though all Yahweh's promises are his to proclaim to all the people as he leads them in prayer, for Zechariah, the most vital, the most personal, the most public promise given to Abraham has been withheld. Zechariah has no children. So despite their piety, Zechariah and Elizabeth live and have lived for many years with a lasting shame, with family condolences, perhaps looks of pity and maybe even whispers of secret sin. Yet because he is a righteous man, Zechariah did the only thing he could do. He prayed. He brought his future or the lack of it before the Lord. And at this time, this time of Advent, the Lord answers, Fear not, for your prayer has been heard. The Lord has heard the prayers of his people and his answer is abundantly more than they want but exactly what they need. As Zechariah sang, he has raised up a horn of salvation in the house of David to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. The answer, the Advent answer to the prayers of the faithful is yes and so much more yes far more than we deserve and yet everything that we need. For the command of God through the angels is not simply for the pious, but also for the powerless. Fear not, said the angel to Mary, for you have found favour with God. 
In our second story, the camera pans to scan the hills of Nazareth and we find Mary betrothed and bemused. Mary lived among Palestinian peasants, little more than a slip of a girl. Her region is a despised corner of a fractured nature under the rule of despots, both local and imperial. As John Calvin observed, Christ is promised to a virgin in an obscure town of Judea, and this prophecy remains buried in the breast of a young woman. For as the story hints, the common folk from whom she came respond to her predicament as conservative people do. Mary is sent away from prying eyes and village gossip, hidden in the hills with her cousin Elizabeth, an equal but different bearer of shame. And when Mary's state can no longer be concealed, she's taken away, far away to the south by her husband, out of sight, if not out of mind, or at least out of trouble. Yet the powerless like Mary are everything that God needs to reveal the truth about his love for the world and in fact the truth about what is true, good and beautiful in the world. In Mary, God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing. The lightness of her grasp on the weight of divine intent is the case in point. Her only concern is how a child could be born to a virgin. But the God of the gospel needs nothing more for his promises to be fulfilled. Hence the Advent command is good news to us this morning, powerless albeit in our own way. As we gather here in the heart of this metropolis, surrounded by all the symbols of power and industry, we face the daily transformation of, from being resourceful people to human resources. Now, it's not much compared to the plight of a teenage mother under the shadow of marital impropriety, and yet the bullying banter of colleagues or the dismissive appraisal of superiors makes powerless feel all too clear and present, doesn't it? So the angel's advent command to us is the same. Fear not, for you have found favour with God. And we have found favour with God, for through Mary to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Advent is the time where the small hopes of the pious and the personal fears of the powerless are drawn along the one arc of history, for the Saviour has come for all. Fear not, said the angel to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Down beneath the feet of the priests and out and away from village propriety dwell shepherds, that wretched residue on the border of Jewish life. Shepherds belong to that ignominious group that decent people disdainfully refer to as sinners. Shepherds belong with tax collectors, prostitutes and Samaritans. The shepherds are scoundrels and wastrels at best, criminals and degenerates at worst. They are unwashed, unwanted and unwelcome. But again, this is all that the God of the Gospel needs for the wonders of the Advent to be made plain. Jesus was made lower than the angels so that he could be found by shepherds. And if by them then by anyone.
As Karl Barth observed, for our sake God was not content to be God without us, but willed to become man since children, his children have flesh and blood. In the manger, Jesus shared in our humanity, our frailty. He concealed the light of his glory for a season so that by his death he might break the power of the devil and free those who all their lives are held in slavery by the fear of death. This Advent, hear the angels call. Do not be afraid, for in the manger God emptied himself so that we could be exalted. He gave himself so that we could be lifted up and drawn to him. More and more, it seems, the white-hot noise of Twitter rage drives the squeaky wheels of identity politics to silence any public voicing of our belief. As the spectre of progressive tolerance looms large over the coming year, our morally bankrupt government will seek a minority port in any storm. It seems all the easier then to believe the lie that faith should be personal and private, if at all. Far better it seems to commit simply to climate change or refugees or sexuality and live justified by Facebook and not alone. This Advent, dare to hope in Mary's child who rose from his manger, who rose on the clouds of heaven to the cross, who rose far above the dead to the right hand of heaven and sits enthroned in splendour for us. Friends, dare to hope in Christ the Saviour and do not be afraid. listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.